0: Startups, new businesses, are at the heart of efforts to revive the American economy, and odds are good that if you know someone who owns their own business, they're an immigrant. In fact, over 10% of immigrants in the workforce own a business, a higher rate than the non immigrant population. But there are significant hurdles, from language to visa policies that immigrant entrepreneurs face in the United States, even if they manage to gather enough capital to get their idea off the ground. One particular group of immigrant entrepreneurs could gain big ones from Latin America. Taking advantage of the sizable Hispanic population and geographic proximity, investors and entrepreneurs from Latin America could provide the economic jolt the American economy's been looking for if the U.S. can reform its policies. Here to discuss these issues, Alexandra Starr recently published a report for the Council on Foreign Relations about Latin American entrepreneurs and how the United States can take better advantage of them. She's also a fellow at the New America Foundation. Welcome to the program.
1: Thanks, Ray. I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, let's start with the basics. How many American entrepreneurs are immigrants? And of that proportion, how many of them are Latinos?
1: As you mentioned, immigrants are more likely as a group to be engaged in entrepreneurship than the native-born. And if you look at cities where they are particularly concentrated, like New York City, slightly under half, I think it's 47% of small business owners were born abroad, which is kind of a staggering figure. What's interesting is within that broad group of immigrants, you see a lot of variation. Koreans, about, I think, 25% of them own their own business which is pretty stunning. The rate amongst Indians is 10%. Um, The rate among Latinos is less than that. Latest figures I saw were 8.7%. But there's a lot of variation within that. One reason that number is comparatively low is because the rate of entrepreneurship amongst Mexican-Americans lags that of, say, immigrants from Colombia or Cuba. And Mexican-Americans comprise almost half of Latino immigrants in the United States. But as I say in the report, you know, there's a lot of potential there that we could tap that would not only help the Latino community, but help our economy in a broader sense as well.
0: Building on what foundation? Are there advantages and disadvantages immigrants from Latin America possess that maybe uh, an Indian-born or Korean-born entrepreneur might not?
1: Absolutely. Um, And there were two major issues. One is the fact that our Latino population has grown so impressively. Their kids in particular are becoming real consumers of technology. Latino entrepreneurs in particular seem to be well positioned to identify products and also methods of marketing those products to this population that might go over the head of native born U.S. entrepreneurs. So one example is uh, Lulu's Desserts in Los Angeles. This is a woman, (laughs) aptly named Lulu, (laughs) um, (laughs) who started selling gelatin desserts in the 1980s. At first, she was selling on consignment in Mexican grocery stores. Now she is marketing her products in 1,500 Walmarts across the country. And why is that? You know, the majority of her consumers are Latino immigrants. Now, there's also a broader appeal, right? It's not just Latinos buying her products, but she was able to identify something that, you know, someone who grew up in Nebraska just wouldn't have even entered his or her head. So there's that issue. The other is, you know, Latin America is very close to the United States. So when we talk about outsourcing, you don't have to deal with the same kind of travel distances or certainly time differences. An entrepreneur I spoke with in Dallas, Texas, his name is Andres Russo. I think across 13 countries in Latin America, he now has call centers and IT support. And I mean, it's very smart what he's done. You know, he realizes that in a lot of cases now, like if we call for customer service support, it's press one if you need help in Spanish. Well, who better, right, to, to look for workers who can serve that need than in Latin America?
0: We've already talked about the stunning numbers of uh, people who move to this country from somewhere else in the world and own their own business. What are the challenges for Latin immigrant entrepreneurs, but also Im- entrepreneurs more? Broadly, immigrants who want to start a business, what are they up against?
1: Quite a lot. Small business owners of an immigrant background are significantly more likely to see their businesses fail within 22 months than the native born. It's not easy for anyone to get it off the ground. That said, imagine if you don't speak English, it's even harder for you to acquire loans. You know, it was interesting for me, I spoke with the New York Commissioner for Immigration, and one of the points she said that came up a lot, even with Korean entrepreneurs who already, you know, have very high rates of business ownership is that they were befuddled by city regulations. And it can go from anything from like recycling, how to hang their sign. Her point was a lot of them were constantly dealing with fines, which is the last thing you need, right, when you're trying to get your business off the ground.
0: Is this a net plus for the United States, both bringing in people from everywhere and then uh, setting them loose to start businesses?
1: Absolutely. Robert Guest, who was the Washington correspondent for The Economist magazine, recently published a book. One of the points he makes over and over again is that it's an increasingly competitive global marketplace, but the United States is so much better positioned to come out ahead, in large part because we have so many people from countries around the world who can serve as our bridges to developing economies abroad. One of the more interesting people I spoke with is uh, Marcelo Claude, who is the CEO of Brightstar. He got his start by doing cell phone distribution in Latin America. One of his first customers was Motorola, and within a year, I think he had doubled their market share in Latin America. And that just seemed like such a good example of someone who had a unique background, who could perform a role that not only grew his company, but also you know, served as a bridge for US-based companies that want to expand their their marketing abroad.
0: Capital is increasingly borderless, but there still are borders, passports, visas, regulations. Are there people who had the right stuff and just found it too difficult to navigate The immigration laws or the investment laws or patriation of capital laws?
1: Yes. One of the issues that came up over and over again was visas. And what I found very revealing, Marcelo Claude and virtually every other business person I spoke to for the piece, with I think one exception, they had become U.S. citizens through marriage. You know, they're really, we don't have an entrepreneur visa in the U.S. um, immigration code. So it makes it very difficult for people who don't have an employer in a position to sponsor them to enter the United States. And there was one very talented Argentinian I met who had participated in a very prestigious U.S. incubator business program. And those are programs where the most important thing is they get a lot of intensive mentoring to get their business idea off the ground. So he went through that process. And then when he started trying to uh, raise money, you know, the question came up, how are you going to stay in the United States? And there was really no good answer. So he ended up moving to Chile. And there he's raised several hundred thousand dollars. He has, I think, five employees at this point. So obviously someone we would do well to have here in the United States and because of our messed-up visa policies, we lost
0: him. Alexandra Starr recently published a report for the Council on Foreign Relations about Latin American entrepreneurs and how the United States can take better advantage of them. She's also a fellow at the New America Foundation. Alexandra, thanks a lot.
1: Thank you, Ray. I enjoyed it.